Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season two, episode 2.01. This is our first episode of the second season. Exciting times. Yep. Now, while the first season was about the spiritual lenses, this season is about uh, another concept that Rekindling offers called Know Thyself. And my name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the founder and facilitator for Rekindling. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. All right, so before we get into Know They Self, there might be some listening that hadn't listened to season one yet. Mm -hmm. So can you give just a quick explanation of what the spiritual lenses are about, which is what we covered in season one? Yeah, I'd love to. So basically, we just discussed the idea that the spiritual lenses are something that you need to do to really understand just another side of the perspective, just different perspectives and paradigms. Um, and we made the analogy at the beginning that it's like uh, the movie National Treasure mm-hmm. when you put on those glasses and you say, okay. Um, oh, those are the colored lenses? Yeah, the colored lenses so they can see the thing on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. And there's like four different ones that they have to do all at once. And just the whole idea that they there was something there that they couldn't see before. Mm-hmm. And so what that allowed them to do is to actually say, okay, now that I'm using these different paradigms, I can actually see something. And so you can see the unseen like Paul talks about. Uh, and so we just went through and discussed the overarching lens was the seven stage journey, mm-hmm. which detailed you can be at different spots from uh, just an unbeliever to a maturing believer and just an extended analogy with that. And mm-hmm. then just some different really practical. Um, OK, so as we're starting to work towards being that mature believer, how does that what does that look like? How do we do that? Yeah. And just allowed some different perspectives on that type of thing. Are you saying that if someone goes back and listens to season one, they should then travel up to Philadelphia and get a hold of the Declaration of Independence and find the treasure map on the back? If that's what the Lord's telling you to do, yeah. then see how I, that goes. I doubt it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not, but yeah. Um, but so so the, the lenses, if you're using these lenses, these paradigms, it'll help you maybe pick up some stuff, pick up on some things going on in, in your circumstances and yeah. make better decisions, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great, thanks. So let me explain the Know They Self. So the, the background on this one, just real quick, you know, if you go back to episode 1.00 where I give my story and, and I explain how rekindling came about, yeah. one of the things I talked about was, you know, after the, my 20s of kind of bartending and partying and thinking I could live life my way and realizing I needed to recommit to God, mm-hmm. there were several things that were happening. The first thing was just that recommitment, that realization that I needed to have God be the master of my life because I wasn't smart enough right, yeah. uh, to do that. And then and then knowing that if he really is the master of my life, I need to study scriptures more mm-hmm. and I need to apply the scriptures more. So I began applying the details of the Bible to the details of my life, you know. And so then and then realizing that as I was doing that, what was happening was that was creating a creative a, a change within me. Yeah. So that goes back to the Bidu Havlins from 1.04 mm-hmm. um, of just changing my character and changing my attitude, the way I thought, etc. Yeah. That was then freeing me up to then do a third thing, which was figure my calling out. Because that was part of the drive of all this. Mm-hmm. Was I just I wasn't happy with the job that I had. I felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, you know, etc. So I knew that I really couldn't figure my calling out until I was getting my relationship with God figured out. Yeah. So recommitting to Him, and then and then reading the Bible, and then seeing that the Bible would say, yeah, everybody's got you know Hebrews eleven, the hero, Hall of Heroes, you know mm-hmm. all that. Everybody's got some specific calling or purpose or niche that they need to do. So so I knew I was ready to begin kind of exploring that. 
And so I was reading a number of different Christian books and secular books about finding your calling, your purpose in life. And I took this seriously. So I remember it's like yeah. sitting down, grabbing several different books, reading through all of them, taking notes in the book, circling stuff, taking out a notebook, writing things down, you know. And so like they would ask you specific questions, asking those questions. One of the big pieces of all of it was, as you're asking all these introspective questions, what's what's some of the patterns that emerge mm-hmm. in the answers? And those patterns will clue you into what your calling is. So long story short, from episode 1.00, just going through all that process, trying to understand myself better, you know, knowing that in the end, God had called me to kind of do my part in rekindling passions for God, others, and self, mm-hmm. for the whole Tolkien Silmarillion and all, all that stuff. Yeah. And doing that through teaching and facilitating different classes and workshops using the spiritual lenses from season one, mm-hmm. uh, also doing the unpacking, which we're going to be doing in season three, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then Know They Self. Know They Self was probably one of the first ones that I had really developed. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to start with the lenses in season one just to kind of help people think at things from a different perspective. Yeah. And then now we wanted to move into to the know they self, which I'm going to explain here in a moment. Mm-hmm. But so that's that's kind of how some of all that um, came about. Uh, and and the main thing from that is, you know, I've not you never finish the water walking stage, right? In the seven stage journey, you're mm-hmm. always going to be applying, you know, understanding more details of the Bible, applying those details, transforming character. You'll always be yeah. doing that this side of the gates. Um, and but I've, I've begun doing that more and more consistently, and so now I've, I've been able to move to that wind walking stage. Where I'm beginning pursuing my calling, and so now yeah. you know, I've started the nonprofit, developing the material, teaching these classes, and it is so comforting knowing that, you know, you're not. I'm not perfect. Not, mm-hmm. Nowhere close. Sure, but I'm I'm moving in the direction God would have me move in, um, and so it's always comforting knowing that I really am trying to be obedient, not just in general to Him as Lord. And not just the details of the Bible, hmm. but also in the specific calling that he has for me. Make sense? Yeah, and I think that that's definitely something that we can quickly lose focus of. And we can get really caught up in just trying to legalistically follow through the details of right. the Bible. And obviously, that's not what we need to be doing. Um, just really pursuing that relationship with Christ. And that leads to the transformation. Like, we keep referring back to it, but we do have. Mm-hmm. Um, just changing the internal character and then the actions will follow through with that right right so let me go ahead and tell the story right i um i'm hoping that the reader can i'm hoping that the reader the listener (laughs) yeah i'm hoping that a listener has already been wrestling with trying to figure out who they are and what Mm -hmm. their purpose in life is so as i'm talking through this there's no persuasion really needed to go on yeah but maybe there's some that's never really given much thought to this so as they go through the season oh i didn't i hadn't given that thought right Mm mm-hmm so the point of all this is, you know, if you look at the seven-stage journey that we discussed in 1.01, there's the island dwellers, and there's the three stages there. And then there's the ocean riders, and there's the three stages there, the boat riding, the water walking, and the wind walking. And the boat riding is about committing to Jesus as Lord, recognizing that that the Bible is true, that he is the answer, he is the king of kings, yeah. um, and he's the most amazing king you'll ever serve, right? Mm-hmm. And committing to him, just recognizing that, Romans 10.9. And then the water walking is really beginning to mature in your faith, really tackling the Bible, letting the Bible interpret you, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of guide you, let, letting the Bible have the authority over you mm-hmm. and transforming in your character and your behavior. And as you're doing that, then you're ready to begin the wind walking, which is now that you're becoming a more complete, noble, mature individual, now you're ready to go pursue whatever the calling or niche is, you know, the purpose is that he has for you. Yeah. Um, and so... 
the Larry Crabb talks about the the two major desires or core needs of every human is security and significance. Mm-hmm. Security, they want to feel safe um, and significant and a part of something, and significance, they want to know that they can contribute back to that something. Yeah. And so God and this whole journey is going to bring that. Just committing to God will bring you that security, that peace of mind, and then learning what your calling is after you've gone through some water walking and maturing mm-hmm. um, is you is your significance, right? Is, is you getting to kind of go back out that way. Yeah, and I think that this whole idea does also apply to unbelievers as well. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. With the uh, significance and purpose and that whole thing, that's going to look different for a believer and an unbeliever, but we still think that what we're going to be going through over the next nine or so episodes would be beneficial for um, believers and unbelievers, just figuring out who you are and that sort of thing, even mm-hmm. though that perspective is a bit different. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, my thing is if you're listening right now and you're not a follower of Jesus, most likely it's not cause you have things against him as you have <laughs> things against his followers, you know? Yeah. Um, but just want to encourage you that Jesus really is the most incredible King ever. Mm-hmm. And, and pursuing him is going to bring a lot. Um, if you already are a believer, but you kind of wing it and, you know, it's a surface level understanding yeah. of God and the Bible, et cetera, honestly step up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and go study the Bible more and go change. And for those of you that are listening that really are trying to mature in your faith, understand that God has wired everybody. Mm-hmm. Whether that calling is an occupation, you know, career, or it's a hobby, or even it's an attitude, yeah. like your calling may be just to exude peace wherever you go. And God says, whatever job you have, wherever town you end up in, whatever, like you can choose that, but just exude peace. Where somebody else, God says, no, I've got every day of your life, you know, mapped <laughs> out from here. Yeah. But anyways, but understand that as you're maturing in your faith, you are now ready to actually act on mm-hmm. whatever he's called you to. Yeah, and I think that it's worth mentioning that if you're in that middle category of someone that uh, is a Christian and they're not really working on applying the details of the Bible to the details of their life, it probably isn't the most fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. probably not very content with Christianity in general mm-hmm. or yourself. Um, and really, just this is something that personally I've gone through. Uh, when you're trying to just legalistically get through the Christian walk, it's not going to work ever right, in right. any capacity. Uh, when you actually start to submit yourself to Christ and recognize that it's better to follow him out of love for him and not obligation to do the things that you think he wants you to do, mm-hmm. it just just clicks a couple different things in your mind and your perspective shifts just enough that you can actually begin to have the joy in the life more abundantly that Christ describes. You know, so... I just wish people understood that more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and thinking of the sweet and sours, because that because you're kind of touching on that. Yeah. The sweet and sours of this journey of one committing to God, two really letting the Bible have authority over you as you're applying the details and studying it, mm-hmm. and then three figuring your your niche out, right? Whatever that is. Um, these are kind of the three stages that that we want to be pursuing all our lives. Yeah. Um, there are sweets and sours to that. So again, I, I was at 1.02, I think was the episode on sweet and sours. I believe so. Um, sours are, so there is no pros and cons to following God. There's no cons, right? Sorry. There's no cons <laughs> to following God. Yeah. But there are sweets and sours. So a, a sweet is a good thing that's really going to make you smile. And a sour is a good thing that's really going to make you wince. Mm-hmm. So understanding that as you commit to God, there's sweet and sours of that. And as you begin maturing in your faith uh, and, and applying the details of the Bible, et cetera, there's sweet and sours to that. Mm-hmm. And as you pursue your calling, 
there's sweet and sours to that. Again, no cons, but there are sweet and sours. Mm -hmm. And so some of the, I'll start with the um, sours first. One of the sours, and I think we're probably going to reiterate this a couple times in this episode. One of the sours is intentionality and effort. Yeah. Um, you can kind of coast on the boat, right? Kind of coast through your faith, mm -hmm. at least on the surface level, but you can't coast in the pursuit of your calling. Mm -hmm. um, and so you really are going to have to put in time and effort and intentionality mm -hmm. um, to making things happen. Um, not a bad thing, but nope. it's a sour. It makes you wins. Yeah. Another sour is um, the cost. So a lot of people are afraid to actually find out what their calling is because what if it's something they don't like? Right? What if what if I am asking God to show me what he intends for me and I don't want to do that? Yeah. My thing is this. Whatever your passions are, unless it's to be the greatest drug dealer in the world, you know, something <laughs> like that. Whatever your passions are, God gave you those passions because that's part of your calling. So you're absolutely going to love. Mm -hmm. Like you know, when I think about I got to be a modern day Gandalf. I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. You know? You're absolutely going to love um, whatever the calling is. You are not going to like the cost. Yeah. So that's the second sour. Is there is a cost? There is a price. There's something else that's important in your life that God is going to say that is going to get in the way of your calling. So you're actually going to have to let that go. Mm -hmm. So so understanding that whatever that price or cost may be, like for example, for me, it's control. I love being in control. I'm much more comfortable when I'm in control. Mm -hmm. And God's like, hey, as I have you on this rekindling journey, you know. Um, understand that I'm in control of it, not you. So you're going to have to give up control, especially when it comes to the nonprofit itself, the expansion of it, the donations, all that. Mm -hmm. And and that's hard because I like I like being in control. Um, and and so, but God's like, yeah. But if you really want to do this calling, you're gonna you'll give up on that. Makes sense. Yeah. And I just two quick things that I was thinking about as you were saying that. One is that verse uh, that talks about God will give you the desires of your heart. I feel like too often we interpret that as saying, yeah. um, God is going to give you want a car. That's awesome. Pray about it. God will give you a car. It, no, <laughs> that's not, that's not quite how this works. Um, what I heard this explained and it just made so much sense to me. The desires of your heart are actually the things that you desire. And so like one of my passions is apologetics and just helping mm -hmm. people understand that the faith we have is actually a lot better than we think it is a lot of the time. Um, and so I just, that's a desire I have. And I think that that's a desire of my heart that God's given me. And so that yeah. understanding just, just re realigns yourself um, and helps you understand that. And let me say this real quick with that. Um, so going back to the boat riding and the water walking and the wind walking, kind of these three stages in your faith, mm -hmm. the boat riding is about learning to desire God, understanding that he really is the most incredible thing that will ever happen to you. Yeah. And then the water walking is learning to desire his beneficial goods, the, the, the ways that he wants you to do things, right, and the things mm -hmm. he wants to offer. And then the wind walking is what you just said, is desiring your passions, which is part of your calling. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm with you. And then the other quick thing that I just want to – we're having a lot of little rabbit trails which I think are good. Yeah, um, but the other thing, I something that I was struggling with was the whole idea of if I actually say to God, do with me whatever you want, he is going to take me on this crazy thing and I'm not, like I'm worried that I'm not going to end up liking it. Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking with a pastor that was here um, just visiting and speaking and he was saying, well, here's where that comes from. That comes from an unhealthy view of God. Mm. If you're worried that God's going to take you in a direction that you're not going to like, that's because you don't think that God is as good as 
you subconsciously somewhere in your mind like you say oh god's good he has everything in control like he he's on top of things and he's got it but then you when you're saying that you're coming back and you're stepping back and you're saying maybe i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not quite sure um, because I, I like my plan. I have a five-year plan and it's great. Like I have a spreadsheet. It's awesome. I don't think that God has, this as good. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And just that whole mindset, um, it was just another thing that when we say that we don't trust God's plan, it really is just our, our pride coming out and us having a smaller view of God than we really should. So that wasn't in our notes, you know, beforehand, um, you listener probably need to pause for a second and just <laughs> chew on that. Cause there, there's a, there's a lot. That's really good. There's a lot to that. Um, so, and then another sour, there's many sours, there's many sweets, but a third one would be loneliness and misunderstood. IE is you're aligning yourself more with God's will. God's not always logical in mm-hmm. a human fashion. And he's going to call you to do things in a different order than people think, you know, et cetera. And so yeah. people are going to push back on some of the things that you do. So just keep in mind that you're absolutely going to love whatever your calling is. Um, at the same time, there's a lot of intentionality and effort that's required. Mm-hmm. There's a high cost that's yep. required, and you can feel kind of misunderstood or lonely sometimes. So, so just again, those are not bad things. They're just sours. But there's also some sweets, and so one of the sweets, man, there's so many of these. One of the sweets is well, kind of what we talked on, just significance. Mm-hmm. When you are actually beginning, you know, you commit to God, you begin to grow and mature in your faith, and then you find your calling and pursue it. Yeah, um, you really feel significant. <laughs> you really feel like you're contributing something back to the kingdom, and it's mm-hmm. not an unhealthy pride; it's a healthy pride. Yeah, uh, and that's very, very powerful to know that you're you're in you're with, you're aligned with God's desires. Yeah, and I would probably word it instead of pride, just a healthy awareness of your value and the significance that sure, you have yeah, to yeah. coming towards it. Yeah, so that's one sweep. Another sweet is you're going to become stronger, uh, more resilient, and more impactful. So kind of mm-hmm. both defense, defense, and offense. You're going to become more resilient as you're going through the water walking and the wind walking and, and maturing your faith and pursuing your calling. Mm-hmm. You're going to um, get thicker skin. Things aren't going to bother you as much. You know, you'll be able to turn the other cheek more, have contentment and joy no matter what, peace yeah. no matter what, you know, et cetera. Um, and then you're also going to be more impactful. You're going to be uh, achieving more. Kind of goes back to the significance. Mm-hmm. Um, this leads into the next suite, which is not necessarily even a suite for you, but it's a suite for others. When you're maturing your faith and pursuing your calling, all you're going to be doing is impacting people more and blessing them in a greater way. Because yeah. whatever your calling is, it's somehow to contribute to the good of others. Mm-hmm. Whatever the calling is, it's always somehow contributing to the good of others. Um, and so now they may not even realize it, right? <laughs> um, but others are going to be benefited if you're maturing and pursuing your calling. Uh, kind of with that, another suite that's that's not about you is for God Himself. This is one of my favorites. It's understanding that you get a chance to put a ear to ear grin on your Papa and King. Hmm. And this is we're going to come back to this issue a lot. I think through all the rekindling podcasts that we do, yeah. of just God is not walking around ticked off all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at love, is not irritable. And God is love, so God's not irritable, right? Yeah. He's not taking wrong into it. He rejoices in the truth, not in unrighteousness, but he also doesn't take the wrong into account, right? Hmm. And so God's, you know, God loves everybody. He loves all of creation. Um, it says in, I think it's in Hebrews, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God. Yeah. So one of the things that I believe, this was helpful for me when I, fit, when I, when I thought through this, God always loves me and delights in me simply because he made me. Mm-hmm. He's not always pleased with me. 
you know, depending on my obedience and that kind of thing and my yeah. faith. And so realizing that no matter what I do, no matter how much sin I am, it doesn't change his delight of me. Mm-hmm. That's comforting. But then also knowing that his pleasure in me is dependent on my obedience and my faith, then that's convicting, right? Yeah. And so I look at Jesus, you know, with the Roman centurion, where the Roman, the Roman centurion's like, hey, I got a servant that's sick. Can you heal him? And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll go with you. And the servants or the Roman centurion's like, you don't, you don't need to go with me. Mm-hmm. I, I know who you are. You know, you literally, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a centurion. I can just say something and it'll be done. I know who you are. And so yeah. I know that you can just say it and it'll be happening, which he did, right? Because he said at this very moment, they found later that, that the servant was healed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so when he said that, it showed his faith in who Jesus is, right? And it says that Jesus marveled hmm. at that. Not just like um, was, you know, sort of delighted. He marveled. Like it almost like caught him off guard because he says, I've never seen faith like this in Israel before. Wow. And so thinking through that mm-hmm. and realizing that when you step up in faith, you know, and gosh, another rabbit trail, but faith equals belief plus trust. And, and so belief is that initial acknowledgement and, and, and uh, understanding of who God is, mm-hmm. and then trust is the acting on it. When you start the, the, the belief, yeah. and then you move to the trust, and you really begin stepping out you know, in faith to do what God's called you to do, um, God marvels at that. Yeah. And he's just like, wow, that was awesome. You know, almost like him nudging Peter. Hey, hey, check us out, check us out. Um, that's how I feel about you at times, Peter, right, Kepha. Um, But so th- realizing that when I first commit to Jesus in the boat, he's pleased, mm-hmm. right? And and then when I step out in the water and I'm really trying to transform and, and obedience, he marvels at that. Yeah. And then when I'm pursuing my calling, he marvels at that. There's a whole lot more we can get into all that. But just that was an encouragement for me knowing that, man, when I'm doing this, I'm making my God grin. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I like that, right? I'm gonna keep doing that. Um, and so then that leads to another suite, which is in the later on, on the other side of the gates, the at judgment day, the rewards that come. And, and, you know, we don't, because prosperity gospel can sometimes go with God wants you rich and happy. Mm-hmm. Some people teach that. We then go the opposite extreme because we want to reject that. You know, God wants you miserable and poor. <laughs> no, not necessarily. You know, yeah. um, there are rewards for obedience. And if you do certain things, there are certain, you know, you, you sow and then you reap 60, 30, 60, 90 times what was sown, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, the well done, good and faithful servant. I put you in charge of a few things. Now come be in charge of many. So one of the things that I really believe is it's belief in Jesus as Lord, Romans yeah. ten nine, that gets you into the eternal kingdom. And then it's your obedience in the water walking and the wind walking that gets you the rewards and authority. There's a verse in Revelation that talks about the, the new Jerusalem and the 12 gates are always open. It says the kings of the earth will kind of pass in and out. I don't think we're all kings. Mm-hmm. I really do think this is, gosh, a whole other rabbit trail with heaven. And I want to do a whole episode just on heaven one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do believe that there, that, those who've really made the sacrifices and really made the commitment and obeyed and find their calling got those, you know, cause you look at the parable. So I love the parable of the talents and there was, there was the one talent guy who buried it. Right. Then there was the, the um, two talent earned two more and the five talent earned five more. And they got the exact same reward. The five talent guy, even though he earned five versus the other ones, two didn't get more reward. Mm-hmm. The two earned two more, the five earned five more. So God's not like if you and I are wired differently and you have more strengths than I do, then God has more expectations because he's equipped you with those strengths. And so if you step up to what he's given you and I step up to what I've given me, regardless of the actual output, Mm -hmm. it's still the same accommodation. And in that parable, there's a reference. No one actually does this, but he says to the one talent person, you shouldn't have buried it. At the very least, you should have put it in a bank and earned interest. 
right? Mm-hmm. So to me, there's kind of three things there. There's you can can take the talents that God has given you and even take the life that he's offered you and bury it and have nothing to do with that. And if God's like, if you're going to have nothing to do with me, then you can't come to the eternal kingdom. Then there's those that they, they at least take it, but they don't do a whole lot with it. They kind of just put it in their back pocket or put it in the bank and earn interest on it. Yeah. And they, they're still considered servants, and they still would have been um, gone home. They wouldn't have been thrown out to where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, but they're not, there's not a whole lot to show for it. First Corinthians 3 talks about this. Mm-hmm. But then there's those that actually do something with it, and they get the greater reward and authority. And so to me, because of the parable of the talents, because of First Corinthians 3 and some of the other passages, I can't ignore that. Yeah. And so it does seem that that's another we – don't, we don't mature in our faith. We don't pursue our calling so that we can get rewards. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand the text does multiple times say you will get rewards. And, and one last side note on that. Because so I think about the objections that listeners have, you know, oh, what's he saying? You know, I'm trying to think through objections people might have. Mm-hmm. In heaven, there's no jealousy. So it's, let's say you go do it, you know, you're maturing your faith and you pursue your calling, and I believe in Jesus, and that's all that I do. When I get in, I'm not going to look at you with jealousy because you have greater reward and authority. I'm going to say, you know what? He deserved it because hmm. he put more time into it. Yeah. Right. And you're not going to look at me with arrogance. Oh, look at me. I have more reward and authority. I'm, I'm a better Christian than you are. Um, you're just going to recognize. I chose to obey the details of God, and, and I'm getting rewarded for it. You know, that's not even why I did it, but I'll take it, whatever. And so, because so there is no sin in heaven. There's no sinful attitudes. So yeah. somehow, everybody is fully content and joyful in heaven. There's just different tiers to that, I guess. Yeah, and I think that a part of that is just we'll be able to finally focus on Christ and sub each other. Um, yeah, because yeah. instead of yeah. yeah, and so instead of running around, which is something that we shouldn't be doing, is comparing the two that God's given me and the five that God's right, given yeah, you. Right. We we need to not be worrying about that. We need to just say, okay, well, I have two. I'm going to use my two, and I'm going to try and get four back instead of just two back. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that that perspective shift will be yeah. So so anyways, so this whole idea of first. Recognize who Jesus is. He mm-hmm. is Lord. He is Master. He is King. Second, go put the Bible in authority over you and study it and get into the details and begin to apply and transform in your character and attitude. Yeah. Third, as you're doing that, you're ready to go figure out the specific calling that he has for you. And doing this, there's the sours and the sweets, right? Mm-hmm. And so just understanding all that. So when the sours get really sour, just pour more sugar on it. Yeah. And go back and remind yourself, yes, this is sour. Yes, this is a high cost. Yes, this requires a lot of effort. But I'm getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm finding more significance. I'm making my God grin from ear to ear. I'm blessing others more, and I'll get, I'll get rewards that'll make it all worth it in the end, anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, reminding yourself of that can be very, very helpful, right? Yep. So, so with that, so that that's kind of the the, the, the story of what know thyself is about is is finding out how you're wired so you can figure out what that purpose is. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing now as we talk, we're still spending a lot of time on calling, <laughs> um, which we'll have to get to in a second. Yep. It's not going to be the emphasis for the season. Anyways, um, another example with this is um, an archaeology dig. And I'm going to go through this a little quicker. Um, so remember I told you I took the uh, – well, I did something on my bucket list, and I, I took an acting class at Liberty a couple semesters ago. Yeah. It was a theater class. It was stage accents. I'd already graduated from seminary, but I just wanted to take that class and learn stage accents. These kids were brilliant. They were super talented. Um, and so I went a whole semester learning how to do uh, German and um, the, the high British and the Cockney British, all that kind of stuff. Spent a whole semester trying all that to find out that 
I can't do accents. Um, it is not my, I wish, I wish. I was so excited to have you uh, share oh, the wish, results of that class. I but. wish that I could do it. So <laughs> the point of all that is I wish I could do a British accent right now. I really do. But I'm not going to try because when somebody tries and they can't, it's just sad. Right? So anyways, imagine I'm a British professor of archaeology and you're taking the archaeology class. Mm. <clears throat> and... And so we go, we go a whole semester of me explaining some of the basics of archaeology and all that. And then that summer, I'm taking you, you guys on a dig. So we go on the dig, and so we're out. We take it to the Middle East somewhere, and there's this like this shallow valley. There's an old Roman road coming through it, and something tells me there was something here. It's kind of mm-hmm. equidistant between two towns that we know about, ancient towns, et cetera. So we begin digging. And sure enough, as we're digging, um, somebody uh, hits some stone with their shovel. And so we, we brush away, and we end up finding a small little founda- a stone foundation of a building. And the building is fairly small. It's maybe... Uh, maybe 10 or 12 feet wide, maybe 15 feet long. And so we stopped for tea and biscuits because we're British. Of course. And we're discussing what this building might be once we, 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 we um, explore it more, right? Mm-hmm. What might you guess so far based on this? Let's say it's a, a rectangle foundation, you know, 10 feet by, yeah. by 15 or 20 feet. What would you guess? Um, it could be just a little house that someone has. Um, it could possibly be like a store or, um, or something. Unit or, yeah, because yeah. uh, it's halfway between the two towns, and so um, maybe some sort of resting place mm-hmm. or just something like that. Yeah, it could be a lean-to, yeah. yeah. And by the way, I was using feet because even though I'm British, my dad was American. And so that's fine. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you got you to gotta be consistent with your character. Continuity of yeah. your analogies. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we finish the tea and biscuits, and we begin exp- digging more. And as we dig, we end up finding that some these wood walls – that partition this building off into smaller, like almost like cubicles. Let's say like four or five cubicles, like two rows of that. Mm-hmm. There's like maybe at either end of the rectangle, there's like a entryways. Okay. And so then along either side, there's like these little cubicles that are partitioned off by these wood walls. Yeah. Now that we found that, what might your guess be? Um, it could be an ancient IT help desk. Um, it could be, (laughs) oh, there's so many options. Um, it could be some sort of like bathroom facility even. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good toilets. Um, just, I don't know, something like that. So it still could be the storage, probably on a home. Yeah. Given the way the rooms are set up, right? But could be like a store. Yeah. yeah, Or or it could still be a store probably, or like a really tiny market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's say we continue digging and we end up finding a horseshoe, some Mm. remnants of petrified hay and part of a leather saddle. Now, what you might might you guess? Now it's probably some sort of barn or stable, uh, or, stable, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, as we got more and more information, we we're able to narrow it down more and more. And let's say, like, we end up exploring the rest of the area. We end up finding a blacksmith shop and like an old inn, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. And so, what we end up concluding is this was a way station between the two towns. Yeah. And so it was, you know, because I think you can go on average fifteen to twenty five miles a day on a horse or something like that. So. We knew that they would go from one town. This was the halfway point. They would stop there for the night, put their horses in mm-hmm. that barn or that stable, go stay in the inn. You know, if they had a blacksmith shop, they had to fix their horseshoes or whatever. Sure. So we're pretty certain we found a cool, tiny little – and that was all that we found. There was no other buildings or anything. So this was a cool little way station. So so we celebrate with more tea and biscuits. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, and then we return home back to Oxford. And at the end of the summer, I'm given some big presentation on what we found. And I've got the old-fashioned slideshow, you know, uh, with the round, the circle slide thing. Yeah. Anyways, we're going through. I'm showing the pictures. And so when we get to the to the barn or the stable, I'm showing the picture. I'm like, so this is the, the barn or the stable where the horses would be kept, you know, et cetera. 
let's say there was somebody in the audience and they said, now how do you know that it was a stable? I mean, like, was there a sign saying ye old stable? You know, like, no, there was no sign. Well, you sound pretty confident. You know, it, it was a stable. Uh, how, how are you so confident? And I, and so they asked that and I called you up on the stage and I said, answer their question. How would you answer that? I would probably just say that it's hard to know for certain, I guess, but uh, you can definitely still look and there's a lot of different context clues and we were able to see from the structure of it and what we know about other ancient stables that it was designed in a similar way and it had a lot of different clues that point like the mm -hmm. horseshoe and the saddle just a lot of different things that made it so it maybe could be something else but this is the best explanation that we yeah. have yeah yeah not a hundred percent certain sure but it really is the best so this analogy explains the know self process that what we're gonna what what you do is is you're learning to figure out like your basic structure, mm -hmm. kind of how you're made. Then we're also looking for little details and clues like the horseshoe. Yeah. And then we're also looking for the greater context of where you live in life and your experiences that's happened to you and all that kind of thing. And combining all that, it's it's you know God's not gonna um, design you as a hotel and then ask you to serve as a baseball stadium. Mm -hmm. Right. This is not how it's gonna work. Mm -hmm. So when you can figure out your design, you know we could look at a blueprint. And we could tell probably what the purpose of that building was based on the design of the blueprint. Yep. So that's what this know they stuff is about is figuring out um, how you're wired in the structure and the details and the context, et cetera, yep. so you can figure out what your purpose is. And what we're really wanting to emphasize through this podcast, um, because I think we're going to go through this, but there's also like a workshop that we do uh, locally here, and that goes through um, – just what to do with that and what your calling actually is. But what we're going to focus on is just more of that figuring out, looking at your blueprint and figuring out what you actually are. Mm -hmm. um, and so then you can say, okay, so I have these values and these beliefs and all of these different things. And so you can have a better understanding of who you are and then – uh, just that's really the part that we're emphasizing. Yeah, because as we go through this, we'll explain more of this later. But we, in the workshop, like you were just saying, we go through all the answers to the questions so we can figure the patterns out, so we can figure your calling out. As we were putting together this season, mm -hmm. we realized we can't do that in a podcast. No. Because we're not sitting with the individual to actually help them map out the, the patterns of the answers. Mm -hmm. So we realized that we needed to change the focus, the sh uh, shift the focus a bit uh, for the podcast. So, of course, we've been talking a lot today about calling, and that's kind of one of the end goals of all this. But just exactly what you were saying, the emphasis for this podcast is more about just sitting on your answers. Yeah. So we'll go through all the questions, you'll answer them, and then we'll try as best as we can in the podcast to explain what that means, that you have those answers. And so... so don't set too much on yourself as far as I need to figure my calling out right yet. Because mm -hmm. it goes back to be, do, have, that I really do believe your calling is two-thirds be, one-third do. Two-thirds of your calling is simply God's like, I designed you to have this attitude, this yeah. healthy attitude, and this loving priority and understanding and, and knowledge, et cetera. Just develop all that. So then when you get to the do, which is maybe one-third, then you can actually kind of carry it all out. So with that one more thing i wanted to say kind of just explaining the story and then we'll mm -hmm. go through like some of how this is going to play out yeah um is the dream giver so this was by bruce co-written by bruce wilkinson and and some other authors 
and I highly recommend, and I, you know, we're, we're not getting paid for any of this. This is not an advertisement or anything, but no. um, I highly recommend you buy the book. It's like 15 bucks on Amazon. It's like a 120 page book. It's called The Dream Giver. Yeah. And, and it's the first third of it is about a parable about a boy named Ordinary who lives in the land of nobodies and he wants to become a somebody. And so the dream giver gives him this feather, which is a token of his purpose, and he needs to go pursue it. And so he goes through seven stages to achieve his dream. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool parable. And then the second two-thirds of the book are explaining how that parable is going to look in your life as you learn what God's calling is for you. So I don't think we have time today, but another time we'll go through some of those seven stages, and it's, it's really cool to kind of see that. Yeah. So anyway, so that, that's the picture of, of all this. And so you, the listener, are at a crossroads now, kind of Jeremiah 6.16. Um, stand at the crossroads and look, ask where the ancient paths are and walk in them and you'll find rest for your soul. Now, the second half of that verse says, but you didn't, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So most don't. But I'm hoping that you, the listener, realize, you know what? I am at a crossroads and I have a decision to make. Am I going to commit to Jesus as Lord? If I've already done that, am I really going to put the Bible as authority over my life and begin to study it and apply it and be transformed by it? And if I've already begun doing that, I need to recognize I'm now getting equipped to go do whatever this incredible, tough, calling is that God has for me. Yeah. So, so hopefully you're committed to doing this and, and then listening this, to the season. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the sweet and sours that we went through can provide some sort of uh, maybe motivation for you to want to do that. And mm-hmm. also just some of the side trails that we chased um, about just um, why it's worth actually pursuing these things. Uh, just hopefully that gave some more motivation to actually yeah you go have to go that. back and listen to all this a second time so so we're going to assume from this point that you're in that you want to listen to this whole season you really do want to figure out who you are and what that means and if we can get at least some hint or idea as to your calling you know then great mm-hmm. so how so how is this season going to work and i think you would even mention we were talking beforehand of talking about how this season is going to be different yeah uh so something that before we get into uh, just how the season's going to work and some different expectations that we uh, think that you guys would really value from doing. Um, this is going to be different from the last one. It's still going to be us presenting some information, which hopefully will be helpful in guiding you as you try and figure out just how you're wired and just learn more about yourself. Um, but this isn't going to we can't tell you who you are from a podcast. Right. Um, unfortunately, we there's just not that technology available. Maybe in 20 years we will be able to change that. But as it stands right now, we can't. Um, so what we're going to try and do is we're going to go through uh, nine, nine or so different areas of things that you can say, okay, um, as I figure out these individual things, and as we present them, then you can say, okay, so I've heard an example. Now I can say, um, this is how that looks for me. And this is my response to that. And so it's going to be a lot more of audience participation in a way. And mm-hmm. you really are going to get into it what you or you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Correct. Um, if you just passively listen, you're not going to figure out much about yourself. Um, if you do go through, stop, pause, take notes, mm-hmm. think about yourself introspectively, pray, ask God to show you the details of yourself, you're going to get a lot more out of this. Right. right. So here's what we're going to do. Each week, so this first week, we're just explaining the whole concept, right? Mm-hmm. Each week, there's nine questions in the in the workbook in the, in the class that we do, 
Um, each week we're going to go through one of those questions. And so the, well, I'll just tell you right now that the questions are, what are your beliefs, those kind of core principles that you have to life that really affect kind of who you are? Mm-hmm. What are your values that your priorities in life? What's your timeline? If you were to, to break up your life into stages from birth till now, what would that look like? What are your methods? How do you tick? How do you do life? This is all your personality tests. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, what are your strengths and weaknesses? What are those natural talents and spiritual gifts? What are those muddy fields? Going back to that episode mm-hmm. uh, in season one. Um, what are your uh, magnets? What are those things that you're drawn to and repelled by? And what are your beliefs and goals? Or your dreams and goals? Yep. And so those are the first seven. By answering those seven, you really get a pretty accurate picture of who you are. Mm-hmm. And then question eight is, how do you map out all those answers and figure the patterns out to see what your calling is? And then question nine is, what's the next step in your calling? Yeah. So those last two questions we won't be able to do as well on the podcast, but we are going to spend time you know, with the first, one, the first seven. Mm-hmm. And so, so each week we'll explain that question and that concept and what it's trying to get at. Yep. We're gonna give you uh, s- examples of answers. So, cause I found sometimes when somebody asks me an open-ended question and it's a really difficult, tough question, I'm like, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like, how would I even begin to answer that? Yeah. Where when they, if they, sometimes I've seen books where it says, now here's some examples, and they give you an example, oh, okay, that's helpful to me, because mm-hmm. now I know kind of what direction they're heading in and what they expect. Yeah. So, so we'll explain what the question is, and then we'll give you some probably kind of give you our answers, right? Mm-hmm. So just so you can get to know us better. Um, and so here, here's how we answered that question. Uh, and then we're going to explain why this question is important and what impact it has on you. You know, why, why are we why are we having you answer this? Why are we having you figure out what does it mean? Yeah. Um, and then we're going to uh, talk about now that you know what your answer is, what should you do with that? Do you embrace it more? Do you tweak it? And with when you guys answer the questions, depending on how you answer them, uh, it'll be able to uh, give you more information. And something that you've talked about before is a lot of times the answers that we're given are a simplified version of what's actually going on in our brain. And so what actually ends up coming to the surface is something that when you start just unpacking the layers behind that you can figure out a lot of more details of what's actually going on which goes back to the whole idea of if all you do is you say, sit there and say what are my beliefs uh i like god he's good uh i should listen to him okay i'm good yeah you got uh, sure you have answers and you have answered the question but there's a lot more underneath that that's yeah, worth exploring and this is a big part of especially in the, in the class that we take mm-hmm. but the way that I that I explain this is because you, you have like you just said you have your conscious and your subconscious. Our conscious is fairly limited in what it can retain and process, mm-hmm. but the subconscious is brilliant. So as you're answering the questions, your subconscious subconscious is in overdrive. Imagine like a bunch of minions, mm-hmm. right? And they're all running around. All right, all right, guys, you know, we got the question. Here's what we do. And they pull up whiteboards and chalkboards, and some guys on the computer on Google. Some guys got the filing cabinet, you know, yep. of all your memories and everything. And and there's you know dozens or scores of them all running around, and they they they're talking it all out, and they figure out this very complex answer to that question and then they realize oh you know the conscious level is never going to understand this so let's just go ahead and simplify it and then we'll send that up so then they simplify the answer and they send it up to your conscious level and it's like well like you were just saying so when you write it out you're writing your conscious level answer but there's tons of meaning behind all that Mm -hmm. so we won't be able to do this via the podcast but hopefully if you're naturally more self-aware yeah you'll be able to do this 
um, is to unpack that. What are you getting at? And so one of the ways that works is, what do you mean by that? It's like when you give your answer, how do you define that word? Mm-hmm. And then how do you define that definition? Yeah. And what do you try? And how does that play into here? And what are you getting at there? Um, and so the more that you can actually unpack, the more like, oh, because a lot of times I've seen people put a certain belief down because they've always heard that's what they're supposed to say. And then when we actually unpack it, they actually believe something slightly different. Yeah. And so by unpacking it, we, we find that out, and then they reword the belief. Mm-hmm. Right. This is true with values and, and a bunch of that stuff as well. Yep. Yeah. So so we'll go so we'll go through and explain all that. And then so you, the listener, your job is to like Zach was saying earlier, is to to listen, to take to to take notes, to answer the question on your own, to really spend time doing that. Um, he said, you know, what you, you get out, what you put into it. Mm-hmm. There's the Goethe quote that concerning all acts of creation and initiative, there's one elementary truth, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. Or even um, in James, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Yeah. And so you really, we can't just walk you through all this. Part of this is you have to take this journey. Mm-hmm. You have to be the one. We can kind of help facilitate an order to all of it, but you need to be one, you know, kind of doing that. Yeah. And so, so you'll write the answers down. You can listen to the podcast to see, you know, we talk about the implications of that, of those answers. You try to unpack it yourself, or maybe you can sit with somebody you trust and kind of, you know, unpack it together, what mm-hmm. have you. And so, um, so with that, um, and actually one more thing, I'll say that before I get into to the hopes and then we'll wrap up. Um, one of the things for me is if you, if you want to make a, a behavioral change, you need to first change your attitude. Yeah. You can change behavior through sheer willpower for short periods of time. But an attitude change, this goes back to even seven steps of change. An attitude change needs to click first before mm-hmm. you can change the behavior. So then you're asking yourself, well, how do I improve my attitude? Because that's difficult. One thing that can help you improve your attitude is understanding. Hmm. The more you understand of something, the more it's going to improve your attitude. It's like scripturally, you're reading a certain verse and you've never understood it. And then one day somebody explains to you what that verse means. You're like, ah. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know it meant that, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you really want to increase your understanding. One way to increase your understanding is to change your perspective. So you if you're always looking at something from the same angle, you're never going to get new information on that. Yeah. So you need to be changing the angle and changing the perspective. This is why all the questions come in. Mm-hmm. So one of the goals of this know this stuff, just so you understand kind of our psyche of how this is all working is we're gonna we're asking all these questions about yourself. We're trying to get you to change your perspective of how you look at you. Mm-hmm. And as you're changing your perspective on how, so either, for example, most of us tend to come from insecurity or arrogance. So we tend to beat ourselves up too much or not enough, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> this, so for those that, that deal with insecurity and self-criticism, we're wanting you to come at, look at yourself from a different angle to really embrace those healthy portions of you. Yeah. Those who think a little too highly of themselves, we want to change your perspective so you can be more honest about your weaknesses and where you need to hone and tweak things, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we're changing your perspective through the questions, which is going to lead to more understanding. You're going to better understand yourself of why you're wired, how you're wired the way you are, why that is, what that means, etc. And as you understand that more, it really is going to improve your attitude. And as you improve your attitude, that's is going to be that strength that you need to actually begin making the behavioral changes, right? Yeah. So to wrap all that up, what is the hope um, for this for this this season? Mm-hmm. There's really, I think, five things that that we're hoping for. Um, one is I want you, the listener, to be encouraged to embrace the healthy qualities of you. Just kind of what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, a second thing is I want you to be more convicted to hone, tweak, or improve the unhealthy qualities of you. Yeah. And I really think if somebody takes the balanced approach of both those, they're in a really good place, right? Mm-hmm. 
A third one is once you're embracing the healthy versions of you more and celebrating that, and you're convicted um, about tweaking the unhealthy versions of you, um, you need to act on it. And 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 I what I believe is without going on that whole rabbit trail. <laughs> I believe that we're all made incomplete versions of ourselves. Like God designs us with this complete version in mind, but then he actually builds us as an incomplete version. And part of the purpose of the prologue is to move toward that complete version. Yeah. And I think in heaven, you will be the complete version of you. And I think the complete version of you rocks. Mm -hmm. Like I think about the complete version of Shannon. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> and I won't get there fully till heaven, but I shouldn't wait till heaven to get there. So I believe part of the purpose of life, this is what sanctification or maturity would be, mm -hmm. is becoming the more complete version of me. And so know thyself is going to help you with that. It's going to help you strengthen your talents. It's going to help you hone and tweak and temper your weaknesses, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so, so you want to be encouraged by the strengths and convicted of the weaknesses, and then you can act on it and become the complete version uh, of, of who he made you to be. A fourth thing is, going back to the be, do, have, this starts with the character, right, and the attitude and the way you think. Yeah. So a lot of this know thyself stuff is going to be having you rethink the way you've responded to the circumstances of life. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I need to address that differently, you know, et cetera. So really developing the be. As the be, the character part develops, then you're ready to move into the do, which is what's my what's my the the action part of my calling, mm -hmm. and so we're, so we are hoping that something comes out of out of that as, as well through this study that you can start to see the patterns and start to see the do, um, and then the fifth thing is our hope. This is actually going to affect your relationships because as you go through know thyself and you're seeing how you're wired. People are wired differently. We mm -hmm. are all uniquely made, yeah. um, fearfully and wonderfully, right? And so you learn there's an, it, there's an easy equation of if I'm doing it, it must be right because I wouldn't want to do the wrong thing intentionally. Mm -hmm. So if somebody else is doing something differently than me, then they're doing it wrong. It's a dumb way to think, but we do think that way subconsciously. Yeah. And so I'm hoping as you go through the study, you'll be thinking, I wonder what so-and-so would say to their DISC profile answer. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I wonder what their top five values would be. And you start thinking about other people, and you start realizing that they're different than you. Um, and you start to really accept and embrace people more for those differences, right? Yeah, and that's just the whole idea of spectrum that we talked about in the lenses. And just recognizing, again, that we don't want to be comparing us and them. Uh, it's not an us versus them thing. Right. We have, we're all on the same team. Uh, we have, we're gifted in different ways and we really just need to be working to pursue Christ the way that we've been mm -hmm. created. Right. So the last thing I'll say, um, for this, you know, so, so hopefully you're understanding this is all about learning to better understand you. You are going to better understand God a little bit through this process as well. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you'll get some ideas to what the do portion of your calling looks like. Yeah. Um, and so we really hope this is encouraging, convicting, and all that. And so we're going to go through these questions. We'll explain them all. You'll answer them. We'll help you try to unpack them a little bit, you know, et cetera. Um, the rules for this, there's four basic rules as you go through this process. Rule number one is write everything down. Don't just listen and kind of think through your head what the answers are going to be. Mm -hmm. Studies have shown when you write stuff down, it triggers in your brain. It must be important, you know. Yeah. So actually, get a journal if you haven't. You know, if you haven't done so already, you probably need a journal or a notebook <laughs> with the, the, this rekindling podcast. But write this stuff down. Also, with that, you have to write truthfully. Yeah. So one of the key things is don't write the should be answers. Write the as is as as is answers. Mm -hmm. Write down what truly the answer is, even if you don't really want to admit that. Yeah. Um, should be will come later in question nine, okay? So that's rule number one. Rule number two is um, think like a kid and don't put limitations. Like, like when you're doing your dreams and your goals, for example, 
don't th- oh, I really want to put this down, but that's not realistic given everything. So I'll just go ahead and settle for this instead. We follow a God who can change reality. Hmm. And so don't put the limits, oh, I'm already too old, I've already got three kids. Those it doesn't matter. I mean, th- yeah. Those are things to pay attention to, right? Sure. And they will affect the journey you're on. But if, if God's designed you for this, to me, I believe no matter what decisions you've made in the past, your journey, your, your calling has never gone away. Right? You've never, you, never, you can't send away your calling, you can't mm-hmm. make bad decisions, et cetera. So, so be a kid and, and don't put any expect, uh, limits on it. Rule number three, and this is really, really difficult, don't compare your answers to others. Yeah. So for example, you may, I would encourage you to maybe do this this season as a group. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's your small group, maybe it's your team at work, um, maybe it's your spouse, right? Um, but uh, you, so you, you partner up with one or more people and you do this together because yeah. you can learn about each other and that kind of thing. Um, don't compare the answers. Some have five talents, some have two talents, some have one talent. doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Everyone has equal value. Um, some have, you know, maybe a stronger value system or belief system than others do. Um, or to me, ah, we'll go all this later, but there's no necessarily one right answer, like in ordering our values. Yeah. So you really don't want to compare either from a place of insecurity. Oh crap. They're better than me. Or from a place of superiority. Ooh, I, I'm so much better than in my answers than they are. Just don't compare, right? Yeah. Just focus on yourself. And then the fourth, the fourth one is a balance of take your time, but be proactive with this and intentional. So we, we're, we're going to be doing this every week. Mm-hmm. So you listen to the podcast and you have a week to answer the stuff and listen to it again to kind of unpack it a bit before we go to the next one. Um, to me, there's something good about kind of steadily going through that. Yeah. But don't put pressure on yourself. If you need to take a couple weeks to answer one question before you go to the next episode, that's fine. I wouldn't do it more than a couple weeks because the longer you go, it increases the chances of you just, just dropping the ball yeah. and not following through on that. So definitely be intentional, but be be flexible with the time. Yeah, and something that God's just really been teaching me is with – um, my calling and figuring out what he wants me to do, I need to be willing to follow him with what he's showing me now. Um, and so need to just make sure that I'm really focusing on what he's trying to teach me about myself and just being aware of what um, he's trying to show me throughout this whole process. And so now we are actually going to transition into just a time of question and answer, and hopefully we can clear up any confusion that you guys might have. Sounds good. Okay, so uh, the first question is just, we did a lot of referring to the different lenses that we talked about in season one, Mm -hmm. uh, and I introduced that concept a little bit at the beginning. For those of the listeners that missed out on that, could you just give a one-sentence explanation of each of the lenses? Yeah, so the seven-stage journey you already mentioned as far as kind of the seven stages one can go spiritually from atheist all the way to water walker or finding your calling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, then we did sweet and sour, which we talked a lot about, where sweet and sour is recognizing rather than a pro and con approach to God, there's still pros and cons of life, yeah. but a pro con instead of a pro con approach to God, it's the sweet sour approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also uh, did eternal, internal, external, which is um, letting the eternal things, which is God and all that stuff, affect you more than the external things, which is life and all its circumstances. Yeah. And so the internal is like your heart and mind. And as humans, we're naturally, our heart and mind is connected with our external. So when life is good, we're happy. When life is bad, we're sad. Mm-hmm. Eternal starts to create a stronger magnet that you can become more content in all things. Yeah. Uh, then we did Be Do Have, which we talked a lot about tonight, of just be is that internal character and attitude development. Do is the actions and activities and accomplishments, and then have would be your resources or your stewardship of them. Mm-hmm. And society lives have, do, be, we need to live, be, do, have. 
Uh, then we discussed uh, Spectrum, which I was just thinking about earlier today, how important. I'm like, man, this is so important. Yeah. And so Spectrum is to not see life in black and white, to see that reality really is on a continuum. And so in any given biblical issue, there's usually a range. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we use zero to 100. There's usually a range of, like, say, like on this issue, God says as long as you're between 62 and 87, you're fine. Yeah. And so understanding that we should we can respect each other if we're different places in that range. And that works with uh, non-biblical issues as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a bunch of politics, a bunch of ways you can apply that. Yeah. Um, so that was Spectrum. And then we did um, Flight Fight Persevere, which is in, in any given bad situation, you've got three legitimate options. You can either flee it, just escape it and get away from it mm-hmm. as it continues on. Yeah. You can fight it. You can overcome it and defeat it. Or you can persevere, which is to sit in it and let it happen to you so that you can get stronger. And so we talked about how to determine in any given moment what's the right answer there. Mm -hmm. Um, We also did uh, Muddy Fields, which is recognizing that everybody has core, and we'll go into this again here and know this stuff, but everybody has core weaknesses and learning to accept these are the core weaknesses that you're always going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. There's there's victory th- issues as well. Yeah. But but focusing in on what are the issues that it seems that like God's always going to have you wrestle with as mm-hmm. long as you're leaning on him you're good. Um, and then we did um, sevenfold life. And so we talked about the different areas of life and this is kind of like, like a life management tool. So there's the spiritual and the emotional and the intellectual and the physical is the kind of the core four. Yeah. There's also relationships and resources and then there's that God element. And so learning how to kind of balance and manage your life and the health of each of those areas. Yeah, and that one was almost more like this uh, season where you had to do more own, yeah. um, application stuff yourself. Yeah, and then we did um, Seven Steps to Change was the last one. And so when you're trying to implement a change, it seems that there's seven stages you need to go through. Uh, discontentment, resonation, information, decision, application, adjustment, and repetition. Mm-hmm. And and then and if you're going through all those, it increases the chances of you making that new ch- the change, the new habit. So I think that was all of them. I, I think so as well. And uh, hopefully that incites just a little bit of interest. If you haven't gotten the chance to go back and listen to them, we would definitely encourage you guys. If you're just like, eh, what did he mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, we have check it out. We've spelled that out. Yeah. Uh, secondly, we've referred to in the class that you offer residentially here um what just what is that whole mapping thing that we've been referring to yeah so so the way the workshop when we do this when we do the 10 week small group Mm -hmm. we go through each week we go through those first seven questions and then like i mentioned the question eight is the mapping what the mapping is is i sit down so you know each week the group gets together and they discuss their they share their answers with each other Mm -hmm. and then we unpack it a little bit yeah the mapping is I sit one-on-one with that individual. They usually run five to six hours, hmm. um, and we go through all their answers. They give me all the details, and then we unpack it. We do, we do a lot of unpacking on the beliefs and just trying to understand how they see God. Yeah. And so they, and by the time it's all said and done, they're going to have two drawings. Some of them do some really phenomenal artistic drawings. Mm-hmm. Others like me, it's more like bullet point <laughs> flow chart, right? Just kind of how I think. But anyways, you'll have two, two drawings that you, you'll have done by the end of the mapping. Mm-hmm. One will be how you understand God and his plans um, biblically. And then two, it's how are you specifically wired to fit into those plans that he has. Yeah. And so, um, so the mapping is, is doing that. And so then you have these charts, like I have mine up on my room still, or on my, on my wall in mm-hmm. my room. And uh, at any time you can come back for the rest of your life and you can look through. If you're struggling with something, you can say, all right, how do I see God and, and what he's trying to achieve? And then how am I wired to fit into that? And it can always kind of get you back on track. So it's a really, really phenomenal tool mm-hmm. 
which we can't do in a podcast. Like we couldn't even do it in a live recording. Like if we were to do a radio program, there really is something about face to face. I pull the whiteboards out, right? When we mm-hmm. go through this and it's just a lot of give and take and t- interrogation um, in, a good, in a good sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we realized we won't be able to do the mapping in the podcast. Mm-hmm. We can reference it. We can explain to you how you can maybe try to do it on your own or have somebody help you through it. Yeah. It just can be really, really, a lot of times you're too close to yourself to sometimes see the patterns. Mm-hmm. And so it's really helpful to have someone else kind of there with you. So, so that's why we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we're going to emphasize more of the B part of your calling here is just understanding who you are and why and what the implications of that are and how can you hone that, right, and adjust it. Yeah. And we can only reference the do part as far as trying try to identify what is the do portion of my calling. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, could you also just elaborate a little bit more on that divide between the conscious and the subconscious when you're trying to go through each of these different issues? Yeah, the, the purpose of that is – you know, because because all the time I see somebody given an answer, and I know there's so much behind that answer mm-hmm. that they may or may not know consciously, and so we want to identify that. We mm-hmm. want to identify really what is the in-depth, more complex understanding that you have, because it's really telling, right? So with that, it comes up the con the, this concept of of definitions, which is why unpacking, kind of, which we'll do in season three, emerged, right? Mm-hmm. And I had someone just tell me this the other day. Um, shout out to Craig. I know he's listening. Um, he said that that was probably the biggest takeaway that he had from the, when he went through Know They Self um, was because he realized, man, people define words differently. Yeah. And and so we can, we should always just assume people hold the same definitions that we do. Um, and, and so recognizing that other people define things differently, mm-hmm. maybe saying the same thing with different words, or maybe saying the same words, but it actually means two different things, right? Yeah. And so understanding that, and then also, like one of the exercises that we do is, you know, imagine I'm learning English and I've got a vocabulary test on Monday, and I want you to help me with that vocabulary test. And I'm like, so one of the words here is is uh, respect. What is the like dictionary definition of respect? And so getting people to think through how would I how would I define to you know respect? It's a verb or noun as well, but it, the, to respect means to what? And you have them actually, and we usually whiteboard, and you have them draw mm-hmm. all that out. It's really really illuminating. When yeah. you start to, you know, I mean, there's words, I mean, there's so many words you can unpack and define justice, love, you know, God himself, mm-hmm. all these things, anger. Uh, and so, so a lot of the um, unpacking that we talk about trying to get to the subconscious is to get to really what you believe and define. It's almost like diagramming sentences, which yeah. I really enjoyed it in English class when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, but, but diagramming those sentences and, and what do you actually mean at the very core when you get to that? I had a pastor once, Al. Uh, actually, you know, Al. Yeah. Um, he talked about how he, he was sitting with um, some people working through some stuff, and and he realized, ooh, there's some definition issues going on here. And mm-hmm. so he said, hey, all right, so let me so define what you mean when you say that. And it turns out both of them were using the same word, but they were using it in different ways. Yep. So they were kind of talking past each other. So I remember him telling me, he's like, that just stuck with me, Shannon, of that 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 when you actually get to definitions, it really brings the truth out. I guess is what you could say. Yeah. And it's very very helpful because it's really easy to have your idea of a word and assume that's how you are going to be using that word. Mm-hmm. And then when we're talking about that, it's just like something's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're using the word differently. Yep. So that's just really very, very helpful. Yeah. 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 So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> what what are, are there like two or three scripture verses that you know that you've really liked that actually touch on this whole concept of know thyself as far as like, you know, figuring out who you are in God and what you're supposed to do with that? 
Yeah, there's a couple different ones that I really like. One of them, and I'll just read them for you guys. One of them is just Psalms 139, 13 through 16. And that's the passage that talks about this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. For when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Mm. And it's just really cool to see how God is, he's involved in the creation of everything. And then he also is intimately involved in just the personality development of an individual. I love it. Um, also just first Peter four ten. each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others oh, yeah, yeah. faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Um, and just that last part of the verse, uh, the administering God's grace in its various forms. It's just so interesting how different people are impacted by God in different ways. Mm-hmm. And just with the analogy that Paul uses of the body of Christ being a body, and some people are the foot and some people are the hand, and just all of those different roles that we have, we're actually able to say, when I meet with a person, I can show them this aspect of God's grace. When you meet with a person, you can mm-hmm. show them this aspect. And it just allows you to see past the two-dimensional view that we commonly have of things mm-hmm. and adds mm-hmm. complexity and just um, allows you to see a circle from this side and squared it from oh, this yeah, side yeah, that and that makes it so you can see that actually this is a cylinder uh-huh. and so being able uh-huh. to see just all of that different things is just so cool um and then also just ephesians 4 1 as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received and that verse is actually more talking about um just as a believer we need to be just living in a way that's blameless before the world and actually um it's more of just being a believer, but I think it also applies here with we need to be living in such a way that we can be showing people God's grace mm-hmm. and we're not going around and by our actions, people aren't shutting us out. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be conscious that our behaviors do have consequences. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're not aware of the impact that our individual behaviors can have, we can really lose sight of mm-hmm. how our gifts can be used. Yeah, so that includes the attitude you're just talking about and mm-hmm. the gifts and your calling, or, you know, the way we would define calling, right? Yeah. I think it's part of it. So when you look at like a Hebrews 11 and the, the hall of heroes there, mm-hmm. you, you're getting to see like God had designed Moses to lead the Israelites in those early stages. Yeah. And God had designed David to be a king and and God had designed Paul to, to reach out to the Gentiles, right? And so we see these are examples of people brokenly, mess, messily, sinfully mm-hmm. yeah. stepping into their calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see others that God had called, had a certain expectation for them, and they never did it. And so you want to make sure that you're, you're doing that. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as we go through the season, if you have questions, uh, we can try as best as we can to, to answer them and help you out with this. Mm-hmm. And so you can go uh, to the website, rekindlingministries.org, or you can just email us at info at rekindlingministries.com. And, uh, and you can ask us to elaborate on something or, hey, what, what does this mean if I say this? And, and we, can, we can respond back. Yeah, or I know that we did a lot of different rabbit trails throughout this. And if you have a question on just any of the little rabbit trails that we went on, um, a lot of them we'll talk about later on. But um, if you do have a question, like what does that actually mean when you say that mm-hmm. following God shouldn't be scary? Mm-hmm. Like we should be able to just do that. What does that 
actually look like. I'm really struggling. Uh, we would love to have that conversation with you and just see how we can help you even with those type of things as well. Yeah, it's a good point because, you know, you're, you and I are going through the unpacking series now, right? Mm-hmm. Taking those classes. And some of the stuff I've processed through for three, three to five years, some of it I've processed for the last 15 years, right? Yeah. Um, and so it just becomes kind of ingrained and I forget that I've processed through it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, what, what do you mean when you say that? Right. I have a certain vocabulary. People tease me, you know, that yeah. I use. So yeah, absolutely. So let me, I'm going to finish with uh, just a prayer. Um, I don't always pray on the podcast to me. Prayer is a much more two way conversation with God. Yeah. But I know there is the element of kind of that formal traditional prayer. Uh, and so I'm going to do that from time to time. And I just want to pray over, all the listeners as they're going through this, especially the ones that have decided to go ahead and actually, you know, kind of work through this. Yeah. So, Papa, um, I'm blown away by the fact that you already know all things. And so you already, obviously, you know how you've wired each individual on this planet. Um, and you know what purpose you entail, entailed for them, both with the, the, the B portion of the purpose and their due portion. And so I know I can take comfort in you know better than I do what's going on. Um, I know that you're very active uh, and involved and invested uh, in this process. And so I do want to pray for the individuals that are listening to this. Um, maybe they've gone through Know Thyself before and they're just kind of listening again. Um, so there's something you can reiterate to them. Maybe there's something new you're going to reveal to them. Uh, for those listeners who've never gone through this before, I pray that, that Zach and I can be as hmm. l- little confusing as possible pray you give us the words that we need to say to be able to explain this stuff clearly. Um, and I just pray for them. I pray that they can be encouraged and convicted to, to go through this process, to answer the questions each week. I pray that you give them you know, insight and discernment as to why they have the answers they do and what that means. Maybe you give it to them directly, Lord. Maybe you give it to somebody in their life that can then sit with them and, and help walk them through it. I pray if, if there are other individuals that help them, that they're safe individuals, that are not trying to be controlling or judging um, or even pacifying, um, but that can just just speak truth. And so whatever tools you want to use uh, in this process, I just pray for those individuals that, that Lord, it's, you, know, you say, uh, if we draw near to you, that you'll draw near to us. And you say that if uh, it's, the glory, it's your glory to conceal a matter and, and the glory of kings to reveal a matter. And so I pray that for those that do are going to dig a little deeper into Scripture, that they get rewarded for it. They are going to dig a little deeper into who they are and how you wire them, how you knit them in their mother's womb, that, that, that you reward them for that, that they can get a great understanding that they are made of dust, um, but they are made in your image and, and what that means, um, and that they can really realize that they've never, they can never send away their calling. No matter how long they've delayed it, no matter how much they've messed it up, they can always just reboot and keep pursuing the calling that you have for them, that it's ridiculously rewarding for them, Lord, to do so, and rewarding for others. And so I I pray protection for them. I really do believe, Lord, that when we get more and more on your radar, that we get more and more on the enemy's radar. And so I know spiritual warfare is going to be a real thing through this season uh, for Zach and I, uh, for Isaiah, and everyone involved in the producing of this, uh, and for those that are listening. So I pray for uh, protection that you send down legions of angels uh, to keep the enemy at bay so that we can really have a clear mind and clear heart as we go through this process. And so I pray, Lord, for those individuals that as they're starting to better understand how you made them and where they can embrace and celebrate, where they need to tweak and hone, um, that you do show them a glimpse of, of the calling that you have for them, that they can be ecstatic about that and that they can begin to act on it and pursue it uh, and, and do their part in the kingdom, Lord. I get excited thinking about 
I hope that, that this podcast and, and all the other great ministries that are out there that are doing this kind of thing, that we can just increase the number of, of water walkers and wind walkers for you, God, um, that the kingdom can expand, that we can become more salt and light uh, and not so divisive uh, and truly do more for your kingdom this side of the gates. And so we thank you ahead of time for all that you're going to do, uh, and we love you for this. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you or hear you next week. Sounds great. <laughs> All right, bye.